49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone it's time to get upon further review that means all 22 film has been watched has been broken down and now it's time to talk about what i found out a deeper dive in the san francisco 49ers game versus the tampa bay buccaneers and it was a great game it was a fun game to watch uh the 49ers were able to execute on offense execute to get it done on defense and win a game against a pretty good Tampa Bay Buccaneers team. Their defense definitely leads the way, but they have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball as well. Anytime you're going against Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, uh, you know you've got some talent there. And the Fourniers did a very good job of limiting their success. And a lot of the reason why was a great scheme that wanted to come in and take away the, the playmakers of the Bucs and put their defense in the best position to be successful. I thought Steve Wilkes did a good job. He did make some adjustments. He kind of changed some things up here and there. We're going to go through that in this episode. And then on offense, I mean, of course, there's a lot to be said about what Brock Purdy did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense, but also just what Kyle Shanahan did, how the 49ers used a bunch of playmakers to be able to make plays against a Tampa Bay Bucks defense that was very good against the run coming into this game, but maybe had a little bit of struggles in the secondary. And I thought, that was kind of their bugaboo. The 49ers went out, took advantage of that. And we're going to go through exactly how they did that, the bright spots, uh, some of the things I found that maybe the 49ers could work on and get a little bit better at. There's always room for improvement. And with the 49ers coming off a big victory, that's usually the best time. It's the easiest pill to swallow uh, when you're talking about breaking down film and finding mistakes is when you walked away with the win and you just feel like you left a little bit of meat on the bone, uh, that's a lot easier to to handle than when you take a loss and you look back on those situations as things you could have done to have been better. Of course, like and subscribe to the video. Uh, like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I really appreciate it. Click that notification bell so you know anytime a video goes up or I go live. Also, if you're listening on an audio platform, 40 Yards Cutback on Believe. It's available on all audio platforms, so you can find it on Apple, uh, you know, Google, uh, Spotify, anywhere you listen to your podcast, check it out, of course. And then, uh, just like always, PSFM app. I'll be over there tomorrow, uh, PSF app with Mark Adams. So go check that out as well. So uh, let's talk bet online because the holiday season is off and rolling. And with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form, bet online is your number one destination for all your sports wagering info. With up to minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions, Bet Online is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports. And not just the big four, Bet Online also has info available and at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for any sport that is played, from MMA to international soccer. Head to Bet Online today and remember to post our, pro, our, pom, our promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts. So Brock Purdy looked really good in this football game. 
Uh, the things that, that I really liked about what he was doing was how decisive he looked. He just looked like he understood what he was looking at most of the game, was able to throw with anticipation and get the ball right where he wanted to. I mean, it was a prime location for Brock Purdy in this game. There wasn't a whole lot of footballs thrown behind players. There wasn't too many footballs drifted. Uh, he was just really on target. Now, there was a couple of throws early in the game where he missed. There was one to Debo Samuel uh, that he threw on a slant. Debo didn't really like the fact that it felt like he was getting held by Jamel Dean, uh, but Brock Purdy threw it. Now, in that situation, Brandon Ayuk was actually the receiver he should have thrown to. Ayuk was open. They were definitely running uh, tandem routes, and he went to Debo anyway. So that was a, a play I'm sure Brock Purdy would like to come back. Just as perfect as his outing was, uh, there were still some things that he can get better at, and I like that. Young players are still able to grow. So uh, Brock Purdy just looked on, on and on and on the best quarterback on the field. I don't even think it was close, uh, but he looked so decisive, and that was one of my – keys that I saw was like, wow, this guy just knows what he's looking at, knows what he wants to do. And his ability to keep his eyes down the field when he's moving within the pocket or getting outside the pocket is definitely something that I'm growing to really enjoy about his ability to create and get extra time for his receivers to get open. That is something the 49ers definitely have lacked under Kyle Shanahan. That's part of the reason that Kyle Shanahan was looking for a more athletic quarterback instead of a pocket statue. He still wants you to be able to create in the pocket, which Brock Purdy can do. Uh, but he also wants you when, hey, when things start to break down, be able to create with your legs, extend plays, and make plays down the field. And Brock Purdy's doing that at a very high level. He looked really good in this game. And his throws, I mean, are well-documented. That throw that he made to Brandon Ayuk was an absolute dime. It was very similar to the one that he made up the right sideline to George Kittle uh, the week before against the Jaguars. Brock Purdy right now is taking shots vertically. What does that do for the 49ers offense? Well, it's really going to get this offense rolling because this offense over the last several years under Kyle Shanahan has been very horizontal. Gets the ball quickly to Debo, short, uh, get it out to Christian McCaffrey, and McCaffrey's kind of, come at the tail end of the horizontal only offense. But that was it about get it out quickly. Let these guys create in the open space, take a lot of pressure off the offensive line and the quarterback. Well, now we're seeing the ability to play vertically as well. And you don't have to do it very often. There just has to be the threat of it. When you have a threat of a vertical passing game, you make defenses worry about covering that deep third, uh, that deep half. You make them consider that they're going to have to cover deep, uh, middle and short, and it's going to put them in a lot of strain. When you throw in the fact that the Fournieres are very, very good at horizontal offense as well with quick screens, quick slants, uh, quick plays to the outside, choice routes, whip routes, everything underneath, then you're making defenses cover all the grass. When that happens, you put defenders in awkward situations. A lot of times in zone, uh, players have certain areas that they're supposed to be. Well, when you put two guys in similar and in spots, they can put them in vertical stretches, horizontal stretches, and create openings to be able to throw the football. So then if a guy jumps one route, you know the next one's open, and so on and so forth. You just keep finding openings. And Kyle Shannon is already one of the best of understanding what coverages he's going to get, what down and distance he's going to get those coverages, and then taking advantage of it. I think one of the keys to that was the first touchdown of the game to Christian McCaffrey. He goes with a bump motion. They motion Christian McCaffrey out to the left. 
It's man coverage. Devin White goes with them, and Devin White has an outside leverage. Why does Devin White goes outside? Because he knows he has Antoine Winfield to help on the inside. It was a cover one. He has that help in the middle of the field. So what happens is you get him out there, right? He takes outside leverage because they don't want to have any situation where Christian McCaffrey runs an out pattern, a five-yard out for a touchdown on Devin White. Well, now you take that bump motion, motion him just outside, and then you run him back across the formation and through the line of scrimmage for a touchdown. But it wasn't just that simple. They also had Kyle Juszczyk, George Kittle, and Debo Samuel in a trips formation off to the right in a bunch. Then what they did is they sent uh, Juszczyk and Kittle across the middle of the field, and both of them ran right towards Devin White and then juked last second, making White take an underneath route and changing his direction and speed, creating the opening for Christian McCaffrey. So you have to have the player that's able to execute the play. You have to have the design of the play. Uh, be what it is and get the type of leverage you're looking for. And you have to know what the defensive coverage is going to be. Right. And those are all the aspects that Kyle Shanahan puts together. And he has a quarterback that can operate it. I mean, that throw uh, was perfect to McCaffrey. It was absolutely perfect. It wasn't out in front of him. Right. We've seen quarterbacks for the Niners miss that throw before. doesn't happen with Brock. He makes a lot of the throws he's expected to make. So it was just really, really good. Now we'll say this. As good as the performance was for Brock Purdy in this game, the, the seriousness is that Brock Purdy left some meat out there on the bone. And I think he'll admit it. Uh, Brock Purdy will definitely admit that he left some things out there. There were so, you know, I talked about the play earlier. He threw to Debo that Brandon Ayuk was open. He could have went there. They're the first sack of the game that Tampa Bay got against Brock Purdy. Um, Brock Purdy had Brandon Ayuk open as the check down receiver and just missed him and tried to take off and got sacked. So there are some plays you're going to see in the game. If you go back and you watch it, you watch the All-22 uh, film breakdown. You get down on the Patreon. First half offense already available. First half defense recorded. Uh, that'll be going up soon. You can find that there's our plays here and there that potentially, you know, Brock just didn't get, or maybe the 49ers didn't adjust to, that they're going to want to get to. It's not just that it's Brock Purdy that missed him. It could be other situations, right? where it wasn't called or dialed up right from the very beginning. And then there's sometimes you call a play uh, as a play caller, and the play is doomed to fail because the defense calls up just the right defense. And so you have to take all those things into account. But I do believe there were some plays left out there that the 49ers could have had a touchdown at the end of the half and said they turned out, they got a field goal at some other times where they could have moved and they didn't. So uh, 49ers are definitely going to look to work on that. Brock Purdy will continue to get better at it. But I thought he had an excellent game. He looked really good. His timing on throws was impeccable. His deep throw accuracy was fantastic. He has now proven he can make every single throw on the field. Outside the numbers to the left, good. Outside the numbers to the right, good. Vertically left, vertically right, good. Anything over the middle of the field, intermediate, he handles it all. Uh, in the flats, he's got it. Quick screens, boom. Uh, Brock Purdy right now is going to be tough for defenses to be able to handle and it's going to be the Seattle Seahawks problem this week. So Brock Purdy, what a game. I mean, on further upon further review, he just can, he looked exactly like I thought. He was spectacular, and I just encouraged by his development and can't wait to see him get even better, which is a scary thought because he's already pretty great. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, it looked explosive. Uh, the carries that I saw him take, they looked really good. He got the one really good run to the outside. Uh, he had another one later on where he was getting vertical and, and did a really good job. So, Elijah Mitchell looked good. I think that's good news for the 49ers. 
you want to have a one-two punch and you have a guy in Elijah Mitchell that's proven he can be a number one running back in this league as long as he can stay healthy. Well, I think the longer the season goes, the more healthy he appears. He hasn't gotten a lot of work, uh, so he's definitely fresh, and I think that's good for the Niners because he has great vision when he runs the football. He runs with great uh, physicality, but he's very, very aggressive on getting up field, and he puts that foot in the ground. He gets uh, uphill in a, you know, in a hurry, and I really like it. I like the way he runs. I like his decisiveness. And so that was good to see. It was good to see him look explosive again and him making plays in the run game. And that big, long run he had, there was some spectacular blocking on that play. Uh, Kyle Juszczyk, Colton McKivitz, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Charlie Warner, all of them had spectacular blocks, not to mention George Kittle doing what he does. But, yeah, it was just tack. It was a block, 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 block. So good, great execution on all parts. That was a really good play. The last guy that could possibly make the tackle on that play made it Antoine Winfield the safety. Whenever you're getting to the safety without being touched, you know that's a great design of the play, but also great execution. And the block on that play that springs it is Brandon Ayuk coming in, looking for a linebacker, getting just enough of Lelante David to knock him inside. And Elijah Mitchell had the perfect line that he was running. He gets vertical as soon as he's supposed to, and he gets a nice big game. So I like that from Elijah Mitchell. And that run was spectacular. Kyle Shanahan was absolutely dialing it up. That's what I saw in this game was Kyle Shanahan knew exactly what he wanted to do and executed it to a pretty high level. And there were nice run adjustments in this game as well. There were in-game adjustments that they were adjusting to. Uh, first part of the game, I'm like breaking down like, hey, look at what Tampa Bay did. Tampa Bay was sending their edge defenders in hard, ignoring uh, some of the blocking, some of the movement, some players, and coming down and squeezing those plays down. So foreigners weren't able to get the kick and get that space and that normal C-gap area that they like to run. So I kept talking about it when I'm breaking down film. I'm like, hey, they're going to need to go ahead and block that guy and then loop the second guy around and try to get to the edge. And that's exactly what they started doing. George Kittle started doing that. So the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan were making in-game adjustments in the run game to make sure they could still be effective and efficient in the run game. Because when they are, that pass game is even better. And there's a lot of times where Brandon Ayuk gets open or George Kittle gets open just beyond the outstretched hands of the linebackers. And that's because those linebackers had to come up and respect the running game of Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. They were fearful that they were going to run. So just like with all things, Kyle has done a very good job of using personnel groupings, and using personnel to get guys open, but also formations and motions uh, to open things up. There's a couple of plays in this game. He opens the middle of the field so much that there's just no one there. And a lot of times the four yards take advantage of it and have big plays in the open field. You get wide receivers wide open. And then there's other times that they just miss. And if they would have got it, it could be touchdowns. There was a miss in this game for Debo Samuel to have a passing, uh, a receiving touchdown. And there was a miss of Juwan Jennings potentially having a touchdown as well. And yeah, I mean, normally you would say, hey, it's because of progression, but these were a definite read. So Kyle's dialing it up. I think that maybe the defense was reacting at some situations different than what they were expecting. Uh, but it, it's good to see that this 49ers offense is being led by what Kyle Shanahan does. And, this, and overall, the team's executing at a pretty high level. It was good to see. I mean, uh, the throws that were being made by Brock were spectacular. 
Um, and he he's he's seeing the field. This is one thing that we've heard you know coaches and players talk about before. You want to see the field through your offensive coordinator's eyes, right? You want to be able to see the field he, the way he does. So when he calls a play, what he's expecting to be open against the coverage, that's exactly how you want to see it. And when you get those tandems and groups that really understand each other and they can see the, the game the same way, that's when you get special play. And I think Brock Purdy is seeing it the way Kyle Shadan sees it. Maybe not all the way yet because he's not completely seasoned, uh, but he's definitely trending in the right direction. He saw it a little bit last year. This year it's even more. By the end of the year, who knows what level it's going to be. And if they can get on the same page all the time in one accord with every single read, and what they're looking at, uh, they're going to be a tough tandem to stop for future years because right now Brock Purdy has a firm control on this four yards offense and what Kyle Shanahan is trying to do. Brandon Ayuk's routes. Okay, I just got to give him props. He creates separation at such a high level, and I think it's almost redundant now. We all talk about it, how good Brandon Ayuk is in space, uh, but there's a couple routes in this game where he turns guys inside out again, and it's just like, wow, dude is just good. And I think a lot of times uh, we forget how good he is because Kyle's so good at scheming up separation, but uh, Brandon Ayuk does a good job that when it's his opportunity to go ahead and spread the field, uh, create separation on his own. He does, uh, but he had so many big catches in this game. He had the big vertical pass deep down the field, which was much needed for him. He really hasn't had an explosive touchdown like that. Uh, and he needed to have those. Those are those number one wide receiver type plays. And Brandon Ayuk made a big one. And when that happens, it opens up everything else. Now that Ayuk has proven he can go vertical, George Kittle has went vertical against a linebacker. Teams have to worry about matchups. We have to make sure we don't allow them to get vertical. So next time Brandon Ayuk runs, you know, a route that he's going to break off underneath, they're going to have to respect him going vertical. They're going to flip their hips and he's going to get separation again. So it's the cause and effect of plays. You run these plays very successfully, these routes, and they open up other routes. And so now it's going to be easier for him to get open. And that's funny to say, considering how good he gets open right now. So, Ayuk doing routes was great. His blocking, once again, superb. Uh, Brandon Ayuk is earning his money. And I know uh, in the locker room there were some, some conversations. A uh, player walked by and said Ayuk was worth $20 million a year. Trey Williams walked by and said, no, nah, he's worth $25 million a year. So Ayuk is going to start getting that, that idea of a number one wide receiver, which means here comes the money. Um, but yeah, I thought you could look really good. And if he can continue to develop and continue to get better all throughout this year, the four years offense is going to be really tough to stop. You got Ayuk being able to run every route, get open down the field, uh, create, and then you've got Debo with doing all the things that Debo does. Uh, George Kittle matchup problems with linebackers and safeties. Uh, it's really going to be fun to watch the offensive line. Uh, you know, that was one of the things on the reaction show that I was talking about. I was asked to grade the offensive line. I said, hey, without watching the All-22, um, I don't know for sure playing and play out. You know, you just get kind of a an idea, an overview of how they played, and I thought it was okay. And I said they're either a C-plus or a, a B-minus, and I think I'm going to stick with that. You know, I, I think it just depends on play-to-play. But overall, they had good moments and they had bad moments. There were some really good moments. They picked everyone up, and they gave Brock a lot of time. And then there were some struggles. I mean, Spencer Burford... You know, had a couple of times where, you know, he definitely got beat and it created some hurries. Uh, we had some other opportunities, you know, where 
unfortunately for Feliciano and Brendel, they got to deal with Vita Vea. And Feliciano did everything he possibly could to keep Vita Vea off Brock Purdy. But uh, that throw that Brock made to Brandon Ayuk at the end, it was like the last drive, the very first play. I think it's like a minute 48 left. And Brock uh, Brock is able to get it to Ayuk on a little bit of an in-cut in play. And when he does, I mean, Vita Vea is right there at his feet. Feliciano did everything he could, and Vita Vea ends up putting him on his back and going right over the top of him. So that was a tough assignment. Anytime that happens, it's going to be a little bit more difficult. But I thought the interior offensive line held up for the most part. Was it a great performance? No. Was it a bad performance? No. I think it was a middle-of-the-road performance, a performance that was good enough to keep Brock Purdy upright. And there were times that they gave Brock Purdy a clean pocket and still he had to run. So there were some coverage times where maybe receivers just weren't open. That's going to happen. Uh, but the Niners did a good job of opening some holes in the run game, getting Christian McCaffrey going. Uh, so that's why it wasn't all bad and it wasn't all good. Uh, the four yards offensive line definitely uh, did a good job in this game. Uh, yeah, I know C-plus doesn't feel like a good game, uh, but it was. You know, you're still missing your starting left guard and Aaron Banks. Once he comes back, Feliciano's playing pretty good. I don't know if he's playing like elite or you know anything like that, but you get Feliciano maybe rotating with Spencer Burford. Uh, it might be pretty solid. So I'm curious what they'll do on that offensive line. But Colton McKivitz looked good in this football team or football game. I thought this is one of Colton McKivitz' better games. And of course, he was dealing with injuries to his knee and ankle. So that's good, promising news heading into Seattle because they're going to have to make sure they hold up against the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, pass rush. Uh, George Kittle just looks healthy. I mean, that was one of my my keys or my uh, uh, upon further review uh, grabs was that he looks healthy. His routes are good. His blocking's good. Uh, he looks excited. And you know him and Brock Purdy, they're coming together again. They're starting to work good together. And anytime this happens, they started rolling last year. And George Kittle went on a torrent run where you know he was able to get a lot of really uh, good touchdowns and broke his touchdown record for a season uh, in his career. And he's on a, a really good pace right now. Red zone success, vertical passes last week. Uh, but when you get George Kittle healthy to go with Debo and Brandon Ayuk, it's tough to stop them all. And then you throw in McCaffrey, and it's really tough to stop because they're matchup issues. Uh, George Kittle and Christian McCaffrey lined up on linebackers. is not good. And Kyle dialed it up to get Debo lined up on some linebackers too. So, um, those types of things can still happen, and the 49ers have been very, very good about using George Kittle and getting George Kittle uh, involved in the offense. I think it's been very fun to watch. Um, so I'm excited about him, and we know he plays good on primetime, so he's going to be hyped and ready for the Seattle game, and I look for him to be very good, uh, both not just creating a separation and route running, uh, but also blocking. And They're going to need to block good on the edge in the run game, and also they're going to need him uh, to do some things in the passing game when they call for him to stay in. But they've been asking George Kittle to stay in the block less now than I think I've seen him in a while. So they're feeling more comfortable with their offensive line now that Trent's back. And I think they're allowing their running backs to do a little bit more in the pass blocking game. Christian McCaffrey did a really good job in pass protection. There was a couple times he held up for a while. So uh, bravo to Christian McCaffrey on that. On the defensive side of the ball, Fred Warner is just special. He's just doing everything right right now. Uh, I mean, the guy is making plays. He's so fun to watch because it was a during their losing streak, it really looked like 
what was going on with Fred was he was just doing too much. Uh, Fred was out there and he was trying, but he was trying to do everyone's job. He was trying to be super Fred. And we've seen this happen to Fred Warner before uh, where he's just trying to put the weight of the team on his shoulders. He tries to carry the team and he really doesn't have to. They got a lot of good playmakers around him. You got to allow them to do their job. He's got to trust them and he's in full trust mode. He's doing his job and he's trusting his teammates to do their job and he's making plays. You got a guy that got a half sack. He had 12 tackles. He caused a, a fumble. Um, he's just doing a lot of big time things and he's setting the tone for this 49ers defense. So it, it was good seeing Fred make the plays that he's making a lot of, a lot less missed tackles than they had during uh, their losing streak. So it's been impressive. I've been excited to watch what the 49ers have been doing and really led by Fred. So Fred's been doing a really good job. Uh, Demo, he was on. Demo was on. I thought Demo looked really good in coverage, nearly had an interception on the first play of the game uh, that the Buccaneers were on offense. Bucks try to throw a deep corner route to uh, Mike Evans, and Diamondor undercuts it, jumps up, and nearly tips it to himself for an interception. But uh, Demo was looking really good in coverage, whether he was in the slot or he was playing on the outside. He was everywhere he was supposed to be, and I think that's really good news for the 49ers. Were there a couple of coverage issues here and there? Maybe not his fault. Maybe you know other players as well. Yeah, there's always going to be these little things where maybe you drop a little bit further than you were supposed to, or you go a little bit inside more than you're supposed to. But uh, with Demo, I thought he was on point in this game, and he just continues to execute at such a high level that I think the 49ers feel really comfortable with their defensive backs right now. Uh, especially at the cornerback position, Ambry Thomas, Diamondo Lenore, both of them are playing pretty good. It's working out right now with Ambry playing on the outside and Demo playing on the inside. Now, with that being said, Fourniers definitely did give help to Ambry Thomas. So when Ambry Thomas was on the outside lined up against Mike Evans, the Fourniers made sure they had Tashawn Gibson over the top to give help. They were not going to allow Mike Evans to be a game changer and have some big explosive play over Ambry Thomas. And I think that allowed Ambry Thomas to play tighter coverage underneath, to not give as much ground as he normally does, and not give away any of those easy throws. We know Ambry Thomas gave up the touchdown to Mike Evans, but it wasn't really just about Ambry Thomas giving up the touchdown. Number one, that was the first catch Mike Evans made during the game, but he knew he had inside help from Deshaun Gibson, so he plays it outside, which he's supposed to do to take away the fade. That's why you give the inside help from Deshaun Gibson. But Gibson took it away early. If Baker Mayfield throws it then, it's a pick six for Deshaun Gibson, which would have been a huge play. Baker Mayfield double clutches, give him credit. And Gibson didn't stop underneath or even track with it. He ran all the way through. And because he ran all the way through, it ends up being a touchdown. A lot of people will call that on Ambry Thomas. Uh, but what it was is just he knew he had help, and it didn't end up lasting. Gibson made a good early play, but he didn't stay with it. That's something that they'll just continue to, to watch. And all they have to do is tell Gip. He knows he's a he's experienced vet in this league, and he can figure out exactly what he did wrong on that play. But uh, I thought Ambry Thomas has looked pretty good, but I did want to point out that they were giving him help. And that's what you have to do sometimes when you have a young corner out there. Uh, Demo doesn't get much help. They let Demo go out there and roll. When he's on the outside, they have full confidence in the hyena to go out there and make plays. Just shows you what they think of number two. Uh, some adjustments with edge defenders to slow the run game. So right away, you saw this early. 49ers normally run a wide nine pretty consistently. You get Bosa and, and Chase Young outside or Farrell 
Uh, but this one, they were sitting Bosa into the C-gap, jumping him inside, having him try to take away the run, and even lining up defenders inside. They put Chase Young in head up on the tackle. Uh, that was a big adjustment for the 49ers. And all the time, they would have an, ed, you know, an edge guy, somebody else, whether that was Diamond or the North from the nickel, he would have outside contain. Talano Afonga, he would have outside contain. Uh, they continued to adjust, or even sometimes walking Oren Burks up on the line. They did that a little bit with Aziz Al Shire with D'Amico Ryans, put that third linebacker up on the line, and then allow that defensive tackle to slide in a little bit, give a five-man look, but use a linebacker up on the line of scrimmage. They did that in this game with Oren Burks. I felt it had mixed results. Bosa jumping inside worked. Uh, when they went to the alignment with Burks coming up to the line of scrimmage and Chase Young moving inside, uh, what they did most of the time was kick Chase Young down and then run there. They had some success with that in the game. Uh, I'd rather have Chase setting the edge. I get it, though. It was a different adjustment that the, maybe the offense wasn't prepared for, but they sure as heck adjusted real quick. And one of the plays ended up being a pretty good run by Tampa Bay. Lenore had out second chain. It was tough by his alignment. He got kicked out by the tight end. Then they pulled uh, the center and the guard around the outside and picked up the linebackers. Luckily, the 40 yards held them to you know a three- or four-yard gain, but it could have been something more significant. But it was something interesting, something different from Steve Wilkes, something to add to the Rolodex that he can call on, uh, but another adjustment that maybe offenses haven't been prepared for. So I like to see that he's being aggressive, bringing back some D'Amico Ryan's staples, uh, but also putting his own twist on some of those things. So uh, was it always hyper successful? No, but it did work a couple of times in Bosa's favor to be able to get down the line of scrimmage and make plays in the run game. So uh, that was definitely fun to see him doing that. Uh, alignment issues on some plays being outnumbered. Uh, so this was one of the negative drawbacks. You guys remember the screen passes that they were able to execute on uh, their second drive of the game. One of the big ones was just a, a third and two, a quick throw out to Rashawn Evans. He had three guys in front of him. Well, Baker Mayfield saw that pre-snap. There was three guys out there and Rashawn Evans, so four guys, or Rashawn White, I'm sorry, four guys out there. Warner's only had two defenders. Fred Warner saw it and ran out there with haste and got out there with pre-snap. But they ran the quick screen, and they had three blockers for three defenders, and White was able to get upfield. And that's with Ambry Thomas backing off and giving them even more space. Uh, so 49ers got to figure out that. They got to make sure they're not outnumbered like that. Hufanga was on the other side of the field. They had one receiver over there. Hufanga was in the box on the edge uh, with Luke Gadecki. He wasn't blitzing. I don't know why he was there, uh, but there's no reason for him to be there. He should have been moved to the other side, or they should have rotated him back and Gibson up onto that side. So those are a, a little adjustment they're going to have to make and why it was easy for them to get a first down on that play. So there were still some alignment issues. A couple times in the run game, they did the same sort of thing. They had more guys on one side of the field than the Foyers had defenders and they were able to go ahead and get a good positive run game because they could double at the point of attack and still had a body for each one of the Niners. And so the 49ers got to make sure their alignments are correct. You count numbers. You make sure you line up in the correct correct places. Uh, a little subtle half-man movement, so moving one step to the right or left could be the difference between you being able to get across someone's face and make a tackle and you getting blocked because of the angle it provided in a positive fashion for the offense. So that's something I, I'm looking for the defense to get better at. Uh, but I mean, that was, they did adjust during the game. So that's good news just for future. They got to continue to adjust on that. And that's why they got some of those a uh, little bit of those easier plays uh, than normal. 
Hargrave struggled at times against duo blocks. Uh, that was definitely something that happened. Uh, he was struggling. He was getting pushed back. Aaron, St Aaron Stenny, one of the guards for Tampa Bay Buccaneers, actually put him on his back, pancaked him. You don't see that very often from Hargrave. So I don't know if Hargrave was 100%, but he didn't look normal in the run game. He's got to be able to get low. He's got to split that double team. He's got to be able to make the tackle. So uh, that was something I noticed on film that maybe the Foyers can be a little bit concerned about is Hargrave against duo blocks. I've seen him more you know, this season. I, I thought he held up a lot better in other games. Uh, so maybe it was just the matchups or whatever, but uh, foreigners can't allow their defensive linemen to get backed up like that, especially, uh, you know, in the run game, you got to be able to get off those plays. You got to be able to make tackles. Another thing in, in this game was uh, some of the alignment issues I talked about a second ago, uh, last week, Diomino Lenore, the spacing between him and other defensive backs, I figured it was something scheme wise. They completely fixed it this week. Last week he was getting rubbed because of the alignment that they had. Uh, this week, they did not allow that to happen. Diomero Lenore, the other defensive backs, were playing in a proper position. They played a lot more zone as well and protected from being caught up uh, inside or having any issues where you got rubbed. So that was a great job by Steve Wilkes adjusting that. See it on film? Adjust. I thought they did a good job. Linebackers not named Fred were running horizontal too much. So a lot of times when you see linebackers making plays, um, you see them getting downhill. Well, it's taught linebackers you want to go downhill and make plays so you want to work more at an angle when you're going working up the field if you work horizontally if you just go straight across you're going to give an angle for the offensive lineman whether he cuts you off uh, or he's going to go ahead and push you but when you're that far downfield it's easy for them to pick you up if you're working downhill as you're going then you can find your open window and get vertical and make the tackle or get vertical and fill your hole and not allow for space to give up in the run game or create layers for them to be able to run the football. And I seen that in this game, Fred was doing a great job pulling the trigger, getting downhill into his hole and making the play. Uh, but Drake Greenlaw was running a little bit more horizontal than I'm used to seeing. And Oren Burks was doing it a lot. And I've seen Oren Burks do that uh, some in the film this year. I've pointed it out on the occasions that I've seen it. So I just want to see them pull the trigger, get downhill, make sure that's one way you stop the run. So, Right now, Fred Warner's doing it at a high level. I thought Dre Greenlaw didn't do it enough, and hopefully they'll see that on film and he'll continue to work. But that's a reason that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers found a couple of lanes in the run game here and there and even a couple on outside tosses and screens because Dre Greenlaw wasn't pulling the trigger and getting downhill. There's even one time he doesn't fill his hole. Um, he's sitting there waiting, and Ufonga had the cutback lane, so he should have been shooting downhill and making the tackle. Luckily for the 49ers and luckily for Trey Greenlaw, Javon Kinlaw disengaged and made a huge tackle. So uh, Kinlaw looked really good in this game. There's a couple of spectacular plays uh, from Kinlaw where he runs plays down on the outside, puts pressure on the quarterback. Kinlaw had himself a really good game. And one play, I got to point it out. I think it's Armstead's first sack of the game or Armstead's sack of the game. He has just a great pass rush set. So he comes in, he swims over uh, Cody Mock, the rookie, makes a great play. Then he gets picked up by the center, and the secondary move arm overs him as well and gets to the quarterback. Now, Chase Young was putting pressure off the edge. That forced him to step up into Armstead, uh, but what a move. I mean, that was pass rush 101 from Armstead. Absolutely fantastic. He took those guys on the interior offensive line of Tampa Bay to school. Uh, that was really great. And then Jair Brown, uh, he isn't perfect, but there's room for optimism. 
he was flying around. He was very intent on what he was doing. And let's be honest, he made plays. They said he's been preparing for this moment. Well, his moment's here now. Hufanga is on the is going to be on the IR with um, you know, the torn ACL. He's going to be out for the season. The 49ers are going to have to count on Jair Brown, especially early. He's the one that understands the system. They would love for him to step in and be the guy. And I think every 49er fan is rallying behind Jair Brown, wanting him to take that step and be a big-time safety for the 49ers. He has a great uh, mentor next to him, it's Sean Gibson. Uh, but I thought there was a lot to like from the film of Jair Brown. I thought he looked really good in this football game. And that's ultimately what you want. You want your team and you want your young players to be developing so that when it's their time, they can step in and make plays. And that Jair did that. Uh, the interception, the just the wherewithal to be in the right position and then make the catch. That was a tough catch to make. The coverage on uh, Mike Evans might be one of the most impressive plays because they were bringing a, a blitz off the edge with Isaiah Oliver from the slot. They're trying to get home, trying to take the pressure off of their secondary. Baker Mayfield gets just enough time. Isaiah Oliver gets a hit on him. Uh, he releases the football. And Jair Brown, this is where it gets good. Yes, he ha he's right in his, his body, uh, but he turns his head towards the football. As soon as you do that, they think you're looking back for the ball, and you're less likely to get a pass interference call. So he did a good job not having too much contact with Mike Evans, getting his head turned around, but being in the right spot at the right time. That can leave us all optimistic for what Jair Brown can do for the San Francisco 49ers uh, this season, because now they're going to have to count on him. They're going to have to count on that safety position of Jair and Tyshawn Gibson to play well. Yes, he's not Hufanga, but you can't have huge drop-offs. You have to have players that can go out there and make plays. I think Jair Brown is one of those guys. So uh, in, upon further review overall, I thought this was a very good game for the 49ers. I thought they executed at a high level. I think they're trending in the right direction this season. We've seen the big-time players for the 49ers make big-time plays. Brock Purdy continues to develop. I thought that was nice. A lot of the secondary issues have been worked out over the last couple of weeks, uh, whether it was just alignment and assignment, uh, just even just how they're playing, a lot more stingy, a lot more sticky. Uh, so overall, it was a good film to watch. The 49ers are building in the right direction. It's super exciting. And uh, thank you for watching. I hope you'll like and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Listening on audio platform, 49ers Cutback on Believe. Please give it a five-star rating. And on Wednesday, I'll be on the PSF app with Mark Adams. Go check that out. That'll be at 2 p.m. Pacific. You can download the app uh, on Google Play Store or on Apple. You get that. Uh, so thanks, you guys, so much for coming through. This episode of 49ers Cutback brought to you by Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, more content coming this week. It's going to be a quick week. Thanksgiving game is just around the corner, but I appreciate everyone coming through. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.